0: You know I was talking about, how it takes me forever to buy something? Yeah. Yeah. You see that? Huh? I bought a light bulb for the oh, one the above light. my bed. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's yeah. been out <laughs> since I moved in, and I was like, I'll buy that light bulb eventually if I need it. And then today I saw some light bulbs, I was like, I should buy it, that light bulb. Welcome to the Ride Around Podcast, a chance to step away from our own notebooks and into another's. My name is Steven, and I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kate and Julie. Cade, what are we talking about today?
1: So today, episode one, we figured it was only natural to start how any story does at the beginning. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what do you do when you're starting a story? Where does that inspiration come from? And just kind of the whole basic ideas of starting a story. What do we got today, Julie?
2: The first, uh, I guess we'll start with inspiration. Because before you can start anything, you got to be inspired to do it. So we'll start there. Um, so we'll start with Steve. What inspires you either while you're writing or before you start a story? Like, what gets you going?
0: Uh, yeah. So kind of, like, we talked to this a little bit on episode one. But, like, uh, I think my writing process is kind of different from your guys' process. But primarily because, like, my stuff is very short. And, like, by the time I actually get to the point of, like, writing, the story's already formed in my head. So um there's not a lot of like there are some instances where i'm like oh actually this team would work better this way or this way but a lot of the time like um like it comes from like a single point of inspiration and like s- i generally don't get like sometimes i'll watch like like i'll be reading something or i'll be watching something like an inspiration from that but a lot of it is like honestly like when i'm taking a shower i'll just like i I'll, like instead of like singing i'll like sometimes like do like monologues or something I'll, like i will start rambling about something and if something catches. I'll try to like, start, like, developing that. Like, oh, that was kind of cool. Like, wh- what kind of turn that into? Like, sometimes, like, random words will pop up, and, like, I'll be, like, a weird combination of words. Like, um, one short story, the one that I, the one short story I finished, um, uh, Shallow Planet, no, Sunken Planet. Shallow Planet's a different one. Sunken Planet, the idea of just, like, a sunken planet just kind of popped in my head, and, like, the little, Katie, you've read Sunken Planet. The little, like, blurb that, like, starts the beginning of it is kind of, like, I'm like, well, what would a sunken planet be? And like the imagery kind of like starts forming. And then, like, once I have like a set imagery, it kind of like develops from there. It's very like esoteric, but like that's like a lot, a lot, how my, a lot, uh, how a lot of my stories come into fruition. It's just me like thinking like an abstract thing and saying, like, well, what would that actually be? Not super like concrete, but like, what are you guys just kind of like comments on that? I guess.
1: Yeah. I kind of like the, because I did read uh, the sunken planet. Um, Yeah. And just for some context and I don't even know if you can pull it up because I feel like it's a super short thing So we honestly could probably even like read it just to give an idea. Oh, yeah um, And I can... interested in, uh, we didn't plan on that at all.
0: Yeah, I that's actually good Let me see if I can find that right quick.
1: Yeah um, So I'll just kind of continue but it's basically he just gives this like written passage in a world that we know nothing about prior to starting the story because you know your first time starting it there's no prior context or anything and he introduces it as this idea of this essentially, like, law and, like, this understanding that everybody who lives in this world has great respect for this passage. Yeah. And as you read it the first time, it almost ha- means, like, nothing to you. Like, you're trying to piece it together. But as the story goes on, it kind of ties back and you see the importance of it. And it's definitely a very cool start to a story.
0: Yeah. And, I that have it I well uh,
1: Yeah, like... I, I,
0: I, this is a little bit of a spoiler, because I think later on in like uh, one of our episodes, we'll actually do like a full reading of this, possibly, of a full short story. But you guys get a quick little preview into the intro of it. So, like I said, the story's called The Sunken Planet, and it starts off with this little like verse. Um, <clears throat> Deep in the recesses of space, there is a vast, combustible sea. It is as black as the surrounding void, and it is ready to ignite. The boundless ocean hosts but one entity, a single, dark planet. This planet floats upon the surface of the sea, half-submerged. On occasion, the sea will glow restless and conjure massive waves. Those waves crash upon the planet, pushing it below the surface. Without fail, however, the murky planet emerges from the depths and reveals its grim visage to the universe abroad. That planet's name is Death, and its cosmic pull has drawn every person's gaze as they slept. Those whose slumbering eyes linger too long are lost to the rest of us forever. One day I shall die, and I'll bring with me but a single match, with which I shall ignite that evil sea ablaze. When a dark corner of the night sky grows a touch lighter, you shall know that I have succeeded. Doctor Curious Maxwell, November Fourteenth, Twenty One Seventy Eight. Yeah. Bravo, man. Thank you, thank you. It's
1: very good. I, I really, it's an awesome story. So I, I guess I'm yeah. Said. Like
0: I like I think that one that right, specifically came from like I was doing like a, like an it was more usually it's kind of more like um spur of the moment but i was doing a little thing where i was kind of like trying to think of more short story like bases so i was kind of just like pulling things of like odd concepts like seeing like how could that like so you know like oh it's kind of like take two kind of like words that don't have meaning naturally and like combining them and like one of the ones was i was like planet plants are cool what kind of planets that i think of and i thought of like a sunken planet i'm like well how could a planet be sunken seeing as how they are entities that kind of like float alone on space. So from there it's kind of like, well, what if it was like this or whatever? And then that verb, like that little like blurb was like alone for a while. But then I kind of, was like thinking like, well, the blurb itself is cool. But like, what about like, what does it say about the person who wrote it? And so like from there, like a story started forming. And so like, obviously like Kate, you've read it, Julie, sadly you haven't maybe one day. Um, But that's kind of like, uh, I think that's kind of like, yeah, 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 like that's generally how it happens. Like I'll take a concept and kind of just like draw it out to like some natural conclusion. And once I find the conclusion like that, I'm happy with since my stories are kind of simplified, or rather simple. I don't really have to worry about like filling in plot holes because there's not like much of a plot really. So it's kind of like, all right, this happens, this happens, this happens. Story's done. You know, that's kind of like how it works for me. So. Yeah. What about like. Uh. Let's just pass it over to Julie and then like, we can go into conversations about each other's like specific things. So yeah, Julie, what do you got?
2: Yeah. Well, first I just wanted to comment on how, um, I always really enjoy your descriptions. I feel like you do a really good job like with how you describe things and like, just like the detail you go into. So you can like really picture like what
1: you're talking about. I appreciate that. Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) So I just want to say that first. Um, yeah. So, Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, I have like one world kind of in my mind that I kind of do a lot of stories off of. So that kind of, so just like that kind of inspires a lot of different things because I have a lot of characters in that world. Um, but as far as like other stories, um, I think I get inspired by music a lot. Um, lately I've been listening to a lot of like soundtrack music and like, I feel like most recently, like, anime-type soundtracks. Um, they got, like, some really cool stuff. And that's just super inspiring to me. Somebody's just like, oh, this would be such a great battle scene or, like, I'm listening to something. And, like, I don't even know, like, what it's from half the time. Like, I'll just find a song and be like, oh, yeah, and, like, this would be great. And Like, this scene or, like, this character, like, would fit that music, you know, kind of things like that. And same with, like, other shows or, like, books. I'll, like, read or watch something. And then I'll be like, oh, it'd be really cool if, like, um, you know, in a similar type world, like this happened, like something that's like not really related to like the show I'm watching, but I'll just be like, oh, this idea makes me think of this. And then I'll kind of get ideas from that. Like, not like in like a copying that show kind of way. It's just kind of like, I'm then thinking of other things that could happen like in a similar situation to that. So I guess that's kind of where I get a lot of inspiration for my stories. Um, yeah, so I don't know if
1: Kate you wanna go over what you Yeah, absolutely. So the like the first story that I like really I guess the first like intro to creative writing that I ever like did was um this one story that I think I just called like the game. I don't even know if I had a great title for it or anything yet. But at the time when I started it, I watched Full Metal Alchemist. Am I allowed to like say names of shows? Oh no, 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 it's illegal. You uh, you it's know you really gotta Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> I'm gonna be the worst person in the world to talk about animes. But that one was, I thought it was excellent. Definitely a must watch. And just kind of the tone and themes that they talked about in the anime, I think inspired a lot of the writing that I did. Very different from what the show was, but I think just kind of the, like the tone exactly, like the emotions that kind of were created through the show were things that I tried to carry in and like emulate in the stories that I was writing. But one thing that I noticed as I continued writing, I, you know, stopped watching Full Fullmetal Alchemist and I watched whatever was next. And if it was something that really like struck a chord with me and it was something that I was interested in, I think my tone would shift to then try and like match whatever I was doing. So I think it's kind of like a dangerous thing to try and get like too inspired by a certain show or a certain, you know, piece of music, soundtrack, whatever it is that you're doing. Because um, <laughs> I would go through and I would read and like, one chapter would read a certain way and it would have, like, this one theme that would be... Maybe I watched, like, a scary movie or something and it would have these, like, these dark tones and, like, be very, like, short sentences trying to show, like, the urgency of something. Whereas the next chapter would be this, like, beautiful description of something, like, you know, nice that I watched. And it... I think in the, the way that I designed that story as a whole, I had a bunch of different characters who we're in different parts so it kind of worked because there was a lot of things going on and the next chapter doesn't necessarily mean it's flowing from what had happened previously but i don't know what do you guys think of that you guys have a lot of media influence um yeah so
0: um i like i know that feeling of like when you're watching something kind of getting enthralled with it um i think for me that's part of the reason like when i'm like in a creative mood i actually like kind of shy away from like engaging like, a lot of like media because like i'm afraid of like the bleed through like um i know we talked about the D campaign last episode but like um i was listening to like a D campaign a little bit but like i stopped listening to it as i was getting more and more involved with my campaign because i was like oh they have some cool stuff and i was like i do not want to include anything i i was very like like bullheadish about it. like i was like i want my campaign to be like 100 like unique and i don't know like if that achieves 100 of the way but like I was very much like wary of like drawing inspiration from other pieces of like specifically like D and D campaigns. And just like, Oh, that's cool. Drop that into mine wholesale. Um, but like, Oh, go
1: on. Yeah. For a second. Um, same on the D and D podcast. So my first time DMing, I'm going to give another shout out to an underappreciated piece of media, the adventure zone, which underappreciated might not be the right word, but it's another fantastic D and D podcast. And I was listening to that as I was DMing my campaign, and I'm not gonna lie, there were some episodes where I took stuff almost verbatim. It was so bad.
0: <laughs> well, like it's, that's always the inspiration, like the
1: draw. But, like I'm always like afraid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you know, some of it is just kind of like I like the idea that they're creating, and I want to try and see if I can take my spin on it. But it's it's a tough card to play because you don't know are we gonna be too similar. Or can I change it enough? So it's tough. Like anything for you, Julie, that you can kind of think of in that way?
2: Yeah, I think um, for me, instead of like the ideas in other media, it's more of like the, like, it's hard to describe, like the feeling or like the tone of it. So I don't think like when I'm watching something, I'm like, oh, like this particular, like actual plot element that they have in their thing. Um, like obviously I can appreciate them but like for me what the inspiring part is I'm like oh I like what they did with like how they put this scene in this setting or how they put like this kind of like ambiance around the scene or something like that or same with like music like I like how like you know the kind of different tones and stuff so it's more like the feeling behind things that's like inspiring to me as opposed to like the actual plot elements
1: uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna change the topic a little bit too because I, I think one thing that I mean, you talked about the music and how the the tones of that kind of lead to inspiration. One other idea I had, because I talked a lot about how, like, shows influenced the first creative writing that I was doing. Some of the later ones, especially, like, I got pretty far into this, like, horror novel that was essentially, I mean, I guess, can I do a little, like, blurb of what it was about? Um, yeah, of course. Is... My, my spiel of it is it's like a, a view of the apocalypse on like a um, like a micro scale. So basically looking at it like the apocalypse in relation to just a family. So you think of it as like the end of the world means, you know, the end of the world for everybody. But in this case, it was just this one family. where at the start of the, the book, um, the eldest son kills themselves. And you see kind of a spinoff in like future and past. Um, you know, things that led up to it, and then like, kind of, the aftermath. Um, and I have the four main characters in it all represent different, like, horsemen of the apocalypse. So, so that's just the general idea of the story that I was going for. But I noticed just, like, general mood played a big role into my developing, development of that story. So it's obviously, I mean, just from, like, the sounds of it is a bit of a darker tone there. So... If I was in a super great mood, I found like I couldn't even like write the story. Like I was like, because it's not like it wasn't meant to be a very like happy story. Like it was supposed to have some darker things. But I also noticed if I was like on the opposite side of the spectrum, maybe I was in like just a super awful mood for whatever reason. I like couldn't do the story either because I was like, oh, this is too dark. Like what the fuck am I doing right now? So it was like this kind of like this middle ground of just kind of like bringing my own like personal kind of emotion and, like, mood state into creative writing. And I don't know, is that something that you guys have had? Like, do you do you notice that ever when you're doing any writing?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I usually have to be, like, a mood, like, where I'm, like, I feel like, because, like, when I write, like, the stories I have, a lot of them are kind of, like, like, the the vibe is very grandiose. And so it's kind of almost as, like, intimidating to actually start writing a story that's, like, kind of, like like, you know, like highfalutin when it's like i'm kind of like feeling like so 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 like i have to be in a mood where like i have to feel like my act of creation itself kind of matches like this whole like grand like story that i'm k- trying to put to pen basically like if i'm like just like eh, maybe i should do some writing it's very hard for me to kind of stay created uh stay uh dedicated to it but if i like feel like i'm getting into a swing of things and i'm like yo like, this like the story is like falling into place perfectly then like i start like building myself up and i'm like I like, I feel almost as epic as the world that I'm building basically. So it very much is like the emotional state very much has to be there in order to like the process kind of continue. I agree. Yeah. yeah.
1: And don't you hate when you have that, like that golden moment and then you're like, eh, but I don't really feel like writing right now. Oh
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I, I, since I have them like, like in sections, I'll be like, I I, I'll feel like the, like the steam kind of winding down. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to kind of, like I'll get to the end of this section, but I know if I start a new one, I'm not going to be able to carry out for that momentum. Cause like you can only build to a certain point. And then like the story does have to kind of like crescendo and then like has to like kind of fall back down into like a normal state and like starting back from like square zero when you're here, like the energy is kind of going away. It's, it's very hard for me to do. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I would say like, I'm also similar. There's a story that I'm working on now. I, I had sent you guys today. Um, called Factions and it's kind of like in this like dystopian world. Um, it's like pretty violent and like, I'm usually like need to be like not as like happy to write that story. Cause it's like a little bit darker. Um, but yes, I definitely can relate to that as well with the different moods.
1: What other like kind of topics did we have just for this episode?
2: Yeah, if we want to go into the next topic. So when you're actually going to start writing a story, like where do you actually start? So are you starting at the very beginning of your story? Do you kind of like have a scene in mind and then you're just starting with that scene and then maybe there's stuff before it, maybe there's not, maybe there's stuff after it, maybe there's not, like where start writing in, in general? I mean, every story is probably different. I don't know if you want to go first, Cade.
1: Yeah, I'll talk because I think Steve already kind of mentioned we we looked at his one piece there. I always think I try to start in a very similar manner, which is dialogue heavy um, looking at typically the main character um, and just kind of like putting them in like a random scene. And usually I don't even think I have that scene as something that is like super either impactful or meaningful for the rest of the story. But it's kind of just like taking that character in something that they like had going on just to really introduce the character themselves. Like I don't try to focus too hard on... The plot at that point like immediately like i want to say because i think the characters for me i try to make as a bigger deal which i know is something we're hoping to talk about next episode and i think i'll have a lot to talk about but how about you guys how about you julie
2: yeah so i would probably be kind of similar i also am more like the characters and having a lot of character development and having them kind of drive the story so i think like I usually start in a scene as well. It's usually, I guess a scene like that would be towards the beginning. But um, I feel like starting a story is probably something I'm not very good at. Because like, for me, like even when I'm watching something or reading something, like I don't really like when there's like a lot of just like plot building or whatever. Like I don't like to have like that boring stuff that's like, I know it's necessary, but like I'd rather just like kind of be thrown into it. And then maybe like you discover you know, about the world as you go or something. Like, that's just, like, my preference. So I think I kind of write stories that way because I don't want to just have a bunch of, like, fluff in the beginning. So, yeah, I usually start with a scene. And it's usually a scene that, like, I was thinking about when I wanted to start the story in the first place. So, yeah, that's where I start. Um, What about you, Steve?
0: Yeah. um, So, like, I think just because of the way, like, I think of my stories, like, my structure is kind of, like, different from you guys um generally like i like i have like a like a like a, um, a google doc that i just have like just like just outlines of my short stories kind of written down in and so the general process is i'll do like a rough outline of like this is like what the story is and these are the points that i thought about and then like i'll write drafts where like i have like i don't write the full story like at all i'll just kind of like i'll think of like different scenes within the story like and i'll kind of develop them a little bit more and so i'll just kind of like flesh out like the details of like the specific points in the draft a little bit more. Um, and like, for example, if I think of like a cool line or something, I'll like to say, and in this part, dot, 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 throw cool quote here, dot, dot, dot. And then like, uh, I can refer to that later. And so I'll do that a couple of times. And then like each time I do that, it kind of gets a little bit longer. And like some of the sections kind of get filled in more and more. Um, it, but like, unlike, so like my stories are, since like I said, they're always like developed. Um, it's more of just kind of like making sure I don't lose the specific bullet points or the, like, uh, the things that I want to have, like introduced to the readers so they can like imagery that I've been developing in my head. So there's not that much of a uh, starting at a specific, like if I'm, when I get to actual writing for the most part, I'm starting like at the beginning. Cause I already have like what the beginning and the end are going to look like. I just got to more, it's more of like finding like what it's actually going to sound like when I say it instead of like determining what's going to happen.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I think that's interesting. And Julia, you talked about it too, of like sometimes you might start at like a scene, like something that like initially when you thought about the story or something you liked a lot. I I have this one problem that I, I do it a lot. If I have scenes that I build up and I'm like, like this is what I'm like, you know, building up to like something that I get super excited about. And I, I've noticed a few times, I'll start writing and I'll go. And then by the time I get to like where that should be happening, I'm like, wow, the way I develop these characters, like, this doesn't make sense at all. And like, I just don't even think this is going to happen. Uh, it's, it's a really frustrating thing. I, have you guys had any like stories that you started and then have just been like, well, it didn't go where I wanted it to. Yeah. I
2: definitely do that too. <laughs> like I'll, um, Yeah. I'll like write something and then like, I'll be like editing it later. And then I'll be like, yeah, this character, like they don't need to be like that. <laughs> like that's not where we need this character to go. Like there, or like I'll, have the scene that I created like in the beginning when I first thought of it. And yeah, like I'll have developed the character and I'm just like, that scene would have made sense when it was the beginning and that's how the character was. And now that character's not like that anymore. So mm. it's crazy. But um, I mean, I feel like in usually in that case, I'll just like edit this. Like I'll still keep the base of the scene and just maybe change like if there's dialogue involved or something, like, or change it around a little bit. Um, but yeah, I definitely have that happen because I am, am so interested in character development. I always change, you know, I have my characters grow a lot. So I don't know, Steve, do you have anything for that?
0: Yeah, I'm, like I've never really run into that problem at all because like, um, well, actually, so I guess so. And like uh, kind of like a like a reversal of that, it, like it's more of like um, the context of the story will change depending on like, not the context of the story, but like the the uh, the character of the story, like the way it's kind of presented, that changes sometimes. Like I have one story I've been working on for like a while, where it's just like the concept is like concrete, but the way I'm presenting it, every time I write it out, I'm like, well, so just to give context, it's like a like a sci-fi story in which like there's like this planet of like it's like a giant hive mind that wants to like become like uh, incorporate technology into its hive mind and like it's trying to present its case to a, like a council basically, and I write the story out, but, like, I try to take it from, like, the perspective of, like, a council member, but then it's, like, well, the council is, like a, like, a collection of aliens, and after a while, like, it just uh, sounds too ridiculous, so I'm, like, well, maybe this isn't the best way of, like, developing the story, but, like, I've already, like, formulated, like, it's a council that has a dis- discussion, and so it's kind of, like, uh, it's taken, like, in, a, like, a, like, a standard perspective and, like, looking at it at a weird uh, point, but I'm, like, I'll think, like, maybe this isn't the best way of presenting it. Um, if this is the point I want to get to, maybe this isn't the best medium to like kind of like explain it, but then I like, I can't think of a new way of saying, so the story just like hangs out in limbo, basically.
1: I got to say one thing that I'm just kind of noticing in our, in our podcast here. I think we should have just started episode one talking about our different stories. Well, we could do that. I think, I think there should be a small little pivot in our like episode zero introduction. I did talk about like just the very basic outline of the things that I was doing
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: so I have kind of like i guess like four projects that i'm pretty excited about i don't think you did julie yeah i know
0: it's a fan like we discussed how it's like fantasy based but i don't think we got into like a full detail yeah so like let's start with julie then yeah that'll be like yeah, a good like, right. uh, yeah
2: um all right i guess i'll just start with so the main thing that i work on is like a series um so basically that story uh takes place in this country that I have called Calgonia. and um it's basically the main character. she like finds herself in this country, and she's not from there, and she has like these like powers. So everybody on in that country has power over an element. so it's like water, fire, air, earth. Um, and then so she like finds herself with this power that she never knew she had. And she's like in this country and she's like the like princess like her she finds out that like i guess her father is from that country and he was like the king who like stepped down and he was like not a great king <laughs> so um so it kind of like throws her into like that position and then it just um so it's a series so the first book is like talking about her like discovering her power and like learning how to like fight it's a lot of like fighting Like, the world is very like i guess kind of i wouldn't like dangerous but unruly like yeah like not on like a day-to-day basis there's just like you know you have to like know how to fight because there are like enemies out there that like especially for like the main character because she's like royalty so she will get like attacked and stuff so anyway the first book is like focusing on like her and like her like learning how to like fight and like be a ruler and all that kind of stuff and then it goes into like the second book is more like um like, her family, like, she, like, gets married and has, like, a king or whatever, and it's, like, about her family, and then, like, they, it goes more in depth with, like, of her, so she, you know, fights him, and there's, like, it's more combat-based, I would say, like, the second book. The first book is more, like, set up.
1: So, just quick question, too. So, you, like, you said, like, it's a series that you're working on. Have you, like, finished like, books of it?
2: Yeah, so, okay. It's kind of a weird series. So, basically, I, like, I, like, hand-wrote this series when I was, like, in high like, younger. I, like, had, no, like, tons of notebooks. And I hand-wrote, like, three or f- – I think it was actually, like, four. Four to five books I, like, hand-wrote. And then impressive. I was, like, I'm going to type – yeah. <laughs> I worked on it for years. And then I, like, started to type. I was, like, okay, I'm going to type it up. It's easier to, like, do stuff with it if, if it's, like, digital. So I started typing it. And then I was like reading through the handwritten ones since they were a lot older. I was like, you know, like I, all these ideas are in my head, but I don't really like how they're written because they're just not, they just weren't good because I was very young when I started it. So I eventually like got rid of all the notes. I don't have them anymore. So I still like have all of the books and like what I had written down, like the plot and stuff like in my mind, (laughs) but they're not all written out anymore. So I would say I have like 130 pages in on the first book and like probably similar on the second book and then I like started the third book I know what happens in it but I haven't really typed it out yet and then I so that's them there's gonna be probably probably just four I think I could probably condense what I had before and then I started like a spin-off of that kind of like after the series like in like the same characters but it's like what they do like after the series probably over so that's, that's like crazy. one thing. You know, the Cimmerillion
0: <laughs> <know>. already started. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, so
2: that's one thing.
1: Let me tell <laughs> you about my 10 pages I love this one time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's the one thing. And then I guess the other thing that I have more recently been liking is what I mentioned before, the one about the factions, called the titles factions. I'll probably change it. Uh, but basically it's like a dystopian like future world. Um, the, chapter, the chapters are actually, like, labeled with, like, a date. That's how they're set up. So, it's actually – I put it in 2033. That's the year that I signed to it. <laughs> so, um, so, it's not, um, like, on Earth. Or, none of them are, like, in, like, Earth. So, they are on another country where it's kind of split into, like, four factions. Um, and you follow, like, the main character. She Her goal is to – she joined the faction basically to, like, take it down. So she's, like, very powerful fighter, like, kind of well-known. And she's kind of, like, undercover trying to take the whole thing down. And then she finds this organization that is trying to do the same thing. So she joins up with them. And then it's kind of, like, following the organization in taking down, like, this faction system that, like, is what their country is made of, kind of. So those are, like, the main things I work on. I have, like, some other stories that I've, like, kind of started, but they're, like, 10 pages. And, like, I haven't really... Not much about them. <laughs> so that's like
1: only 10 pages. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Feel,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Steven, like that's groundbreaking um, progress. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, goodness. <laughs> any others, or you want me to give a little introduction of mine again?
2: Yeah, you could go. I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, like I said, the other ones that I've like kind of started, like I don't really have anything like fleshed out. Maybe that would be like one of the story idea things we talk about later. We I had no
1: that. idea that you were like I didn't really realize the series was something so like concrete that you've created. So that's awesome. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Very okay. questionable. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, awesome. That's nice. Like a whole series. Hey. That's like, it's frightening to think about. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've got four different projects that I got. So I, I just want to do like a kind of quick little summary of them. But the first one is in the same world as like my like D&D world that I've created um continent called zeklos and it's got like two countries in the north called and in the south uh greedale um and it's very like fantasy based so oh, greedale has like i mean you can picture like lord of the rings basically it's like it's got all that uh but Colden is this like attempting to become more modernized and pushing some of the i call it like um like the like the old races or like the like the arcane races whatever um away. So, you know, you have all your like elves, orcs, everything down in the south. Everything else to so the north, though, is really just human and like magic, which is a thing that I've created in the world, is not as like um prominent in the uh the northern country. So my first story um takes place in the northern country in I just call it the estate. And it's basically this like forgotten part of this country built on this lake that's called an arcane well and it's one of the only sources still in this country that magic is still like a real thing so we follow a group of people who learn about this place and they're essentially thieves who are trying to take things for like the greater good so you know if people were to discover this place and take whatever it has in the wrong hands it could do something evil so they want to take it for their own good and Basically get trapped unknowingly in like a a game that they have to play in order to get what they're looking for. So that's the the basic story for the first one that I um, made the most progress on. I I got like 150 pages in there. And honestly, it was probably only like halfway done. Like, I I had a lot of story to tell there. And it was something I was very excited about doing. Went like a little character heavy on it. Had probably like 20 characters who all had some relevance. so it was just it was a fun story to write, and I like that it took place in a very small portion of this, like, whole world that I created. So whenever we play D&D, I get to, like, revisit other locations in that world, and I think it just makes it very, like, entertaining. Um, for me, at least. So a couple other stories I got. So I got... My newest one that I'm working on is kind of a dystopian kind of thing, and I want it to be a compilation of various short stories, kind of like what you're doing, Steve. Um, and I think maybe, I think you've inspired me a little bit in that regard. Guest writer, maybe? <laughs> Guest writer. I'm in, man, 100%. Um, so it all follows the same general idea of basically, and it's still, this is super new. So I'm hoping we'll probably have an episode, I hope, where you guys can help me create this. But Essentially, the idea is when you turn 18 years old, every, and this is like, you know, this is Earth. We're in Earth. Everything else is normal. Um, when you turn 18 years old, you are granted like a wish. And you get one wish for your entire lifetime. And it's not like, you know, it's your, your basic rules of wishing from like, you know, Aladdin. I like, can't wish for more wishes, whatever. Um, and you only get that for your whole life. So it's going to kind of like, you know, do I use it when I turn 18 and do I wish for something not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow? Or do I save my wish and hope that I can use it for later in life? So I want to do kind of short stories of almost like case studies. Like here is like, you know, this person. Um, like one of the cool ideas that I had for one was essentially a guy like, you know, you, you catch him on like, like a, a bad day. Like and he he wishes like maybe in like a like a drunken state he uses his wish and he's like 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 i wish to always be happy and then we see a spiral of now this guy can never be sad he can never be anything other than happy because that's what he wished for um and just kind of like see how does that affect this person's life and i think you could do like so many different things like you could do like it's a world where this happens for everybody so maybe there's like a story of like people who are taking advantage of that and like maybe just give somebody like a million dollars so that they could have their wish so they like steal wishes from people basically um i I think there's just a lot that could be done here and i think there's a lot that we could do even on this podcast just talking about various ideas in that scenario um i talked about earlier my my horror novel idea um and that was, I said, like, the main characters represent different, like, uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. And I basically have, it's a family, so you have the husband, wife, and then they have, in total, four kids. Um, I think I have, like, the two daughters represent um, war, so they have, like, a conflict between each other. I have the, the eldest son represents the apocalypse itself, and then you have, like, the dad representing death, the mom representing... Um, Pestilence, and then the son famine, and I'm kind of doing that through um, Pestilence I think I was showing through like mental disorder so like of like depression or something like that, and then the son I was doing through famine of um, drug abuse, so he was basically a drug addict, and then basically how these traits that these different family members have led to what happened and my last one was the superhero story of That that one's... I don't know. (laughs) It's probably bad. But that one I just kind of... I like like a, a dichotomy in my characters. So... A character who, like, has this idea... But is executed in, like, this way. So, like, I think one of my main characters is basically, like, a person who... Like, when he looks in the mirror and, like, what he sees is, like, he sees a hero. But when you, like, as, like, the reader actually, like, look at what this person's doing, he's, like, awful. Like, like, nothing that he's doing is actually heroic or should be celebrated in any way. But he thinks of himself as, like, you know, the savior of the world. And all, I have, like, I think, like, seven or six or seven different characters. And they all have some kind of, like, dichotomy of, like, a balance that they're trying to hold of either, like, a viewpoint or a desire versus the reality. So there's my stories. That was a long show. Thank you for listening. No, no. No, It was very good. Yeah. Oh,
0: you say it's long, but I'm like, I don't know where I cut off my stuff because it's just like a long list of like short ideas. Oh, because yours
1: are like all just as long of spiels. Yeah, but like
0: the spiels are basically like the stories, basically. So like maybe an episode
1: on Steve's. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost like afraid to ask because I think we could do like an episode where we we could i feel like but i feel like that i don't want to do like well like
0: we would do story episodes on each on each of us like cause, right like, for example like joy has like a whole series like we could explore like that entire world basically yeah so yeah um i'm so i'll i'll cut it off i I won't go into every story i'll go into the ones that are kind of more fleshed out i also have like some character like like i was mentioning before most of my stories aren't really character driven but i do have other stories that are like they're like not as developed but they are like characters i've thought of or whatnot so like uh, i won't discuss those actually those aren't as fleshed out um let me see if i can go here i'll just kind of go down the list and like click on the ones that i'm like more interested in so one of them i mentioned was uh about like a hive mind planet so that one's called like the trial of gray collapse. and so kind of like the premise of it is is there's like this um federation of different sentient species they've like, Created like this, like, um, council where they all discuss like matters relating to like their galaxy or whatever and how they're going to govern it. And so, one council member brings up, like, hey, there's this like planet, every single thing on that planet is like part of like this singular hive mind. Um, and together, like, it makes like this like super intelligence basically. Um, but it is bound to the planet. Um, but they have recently reached a point where they feel like they could turn their entire biomass into like, uh, like they could like automate their entire biomass so they would now no longer be bound by like the limitations of being like bio like uh organic and so the reason this is being brought up by the council is a um the planet known as collapsal um believes that once it becomes like um cybernetic basically it'll not be it won't have the same mental like um functioning so like it's pretty sure like once it becomes like cybernetic it's going to try to like kind of like spread throughout the universe and there's not much like that can be done and so they're like, the dilemma that console has face is like, do they deny this from happening? Um, and in so doing so, they align themselves against the planet collapsible, in which case if it does become cybernetic, it'll most definitely act against them, or they allow it to become cybernetic, hoping that somehow buys them some good graces, but it, it also could just be them inviting their own destruction, basically, by like, you know, standing aside, basically. So it's kind of like a discussion about like, what to take on that side steve i love your um, stories
1: i feel like they're just all exciting everybody. and i think you do such a good job at like thinking of these just so like niche ideas and then you really yeah
0: the problem is like i'm super lazy you guys are like you guys have like cool stories but you also like have like the the willpower to actually like, go through and like make them so that they're like things that people can enjoy and whatnot you know so i'm hoping through this podcast like you know i can join your guys' ranks of like Volumes of like written words and everything. We're going to try and join Julie's ranks.
1: She's oh yeah, like, she's, she's like sitting on. She's
0: already here. Like she's like working on like a Hobbit of her
1: <laughs> story already. Basically. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, let's see. Working hmm, on a small so cool. little franchise. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no, it's gonna not that take over great. that
1: series.
0: J.K. Rowling's canceled or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yikes. God. <laughs> um the second one kate you've actually read this one it's not like fully done um but i've had a good amount of it written it's called uh leaking infinite and the premise is like there's this person who's um they're exploring some like underground like like cavern or ruins or whatever and they encounter like an old man and they're like super surprised because like it's abandoned it's like super secluded from the rest of humanity and so in encountering them they're like they accidentally kill them like like through like a simple push because they're so fragile um And as this person like falls to the ground, their skull like splits open and like blood starts leaking from the back of their head. And so our protagonist like looks into like this puddle of blood. It's like super dark. It's almost like an ichor. And like, he's drawn in and he's like, it's like a void and he finds himself kind of in space. And so he, he can explore like the cosmos, but like he's drawn to like this presence. That's like kind of drawing him towards the edge of the universe. And so he reaches like edge of the universe and like, he understands like he has a capacity to kind of go to the other side of the universe um so he sticks like a singular hand across the barrier and he like feels like everything all at once and like the sensation like terrifies him so much that he withdraws his hand and upon doing so he realizes you make he's made a mistake um and then like he hears like another voice coming from behind him saying hey who are you and he turns around and he sees it like he's back in the like uh the underground ruin that he was in before and like like he's been encountered by like another stranger and then he realizes like during that time that he was like exploring the cosmos his body is aged and so he's like I'm in the same situation that that old man was and so it kind of like ends kind of like cyclical nature um and he's like I hopefully that guy doesn't make the mistake I did and like manages to cross across the barrier instead of like retreating
1: that that's story um, some good eats right there
0: yeah I, I i think like that one's close like so that's kind of like the ones i was talking about where it's like i need to be in the right state because like the character he, he um i'm not sure exactly what time period he's in but he's like not of like the modern age so like the way he speaks is very like grandiose and so it's very hard kind of staying in character for a long time without being like this is ridiculous i don't know what i'm typing anymore like he's like so that one's very rough to go into um I like I remember this too. Um we'll go th- I'll, I'll skip through some of these, but this one I'm I really like a lot. It's like the basis for our D&D campaign. It's uh the layered deities and the eventual uh creation of mortality. And so, as you guys will remember, like it's a uh, basically like the idea is like the universe is made by like a series of like external like entities who kind of like create like the laws of like time, space, like decay, entropy and whatnot. Um as like a series of like ordered order reactions that the universe has to go through. So anything that's like ordered like three has to like adhere to the ordered uh, 2 and one, one laws and so on and so forth. And so they create this beautiful universe and then they decide to like in, uh, imbue like sentience to things within the universe. Um, but like since sentience is made so much later than everything else, that the sentient beings made within it are like bound by the laws of the K and whatnot. And so they start just like, after a while, they start just falling apart and they're like in extreme agony. And so it is eventually decided that, like, instead of like trying to find a way of like circumventing like all these like laws that are built into the universe, they'll just remove sentience from the matter that's the king. Um, thus, thus, like, they create death well after they create like the idea of life. Um, but at some point, someone for like, you, like, um, the living creatures within the universe forget why they die. And so one person like becomes so like, Enraged at the deities for giving them like the curse of mortality, that they scream blasphemies into the air, and so the deities come down from like their now at this point long like like exile basically from the universe where they're now just watching it like from the outside, and they rip from like this one more to like the gift of mortality, and so they spend the rest of the universe just like decaying permanently and only thinking about like just like completely enthralled with like their like continuous like decay basically and like the agony that's associated with that um let me skip i have these ones are they're interesting but like i don't want to spend too much time on those um Sunken planet that one i think we'll talk about a good amount uh that's the one where it takes place um well into the future humanity has um is now immortal and this is all pretty much due to the, the work of one person named dr curious maxwell and so um mysteriously like um for some reason he even though he uh cured mortality he chose to die and so he's become kind of like this like almost like d like um like this deity within like the world and so everyone in the universe like everyone in the world like pretty much like looks at him like a god figure basically um no one can die and after a while they decide no one should really be born so the story kind of follows like the story of our protagonist who's like the youngest person born, although he's like well into his 200s. And he's basically trying to find out, um, find some information about what humanity was like before the advent of immortality, because anything from before that time period has kind of been purged. And so a mystery kind of unravels from there. And like um, the real workings of the world are kind of revealed to him, at least to some extent, basically. Yeah, there's other ones, but I don't. I've already, I feel like I've spent way too much time talking about them. And those are like some of the big ones I think we'll talk about. So, yeah, I I think one
1: thing that'll be interesting to do later because I give a good idea of what you're talking about. uh, Mm -hmm. But like each and every one of those could be like an entire kind of thing that we sit down and talk about.
0: Yeah, I think so. I I agree. Yeah. Well, what are we Mm -hmm. like
1: looking at for time wise? Like, do we want to do a little.
2: Yeah, we could do a little bit more. We're at like 50 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, do we want to do our? Um, so I wrote down some questions of things that we kind of missed. Do we want to do those kind of rapid fire? I would be, I didn't write down that many questions, but I would love to like go through the rapid fire questions. Yeah.
0: Well,
2: I just had one more like little topic yeah. I've just thought of. Yeah. Just real quick. It's not, uh, I just wanted to see like what like point of view everybody likes to write in. So like, you know, first person, third person, like, so basically, are you saying like, i or are you saying like he slash c or whatever oh
0: that's a very good question um for the most part i think i tend to write in third person um because like a lot of it is kind of like you know like a creation kind of thing. like for example like in like the DTS one is like it's just like in the beginning sort of like you know it's not like like you know there's no individual there really to talk about so it like almost by necessity has to be like removed like there's one I, I didn't talk about it, but I have like one source, like a kind of like a pseudo nature documentary, but it like follows like a species of like these like spacefaring beetles that like see planets and then lay eggs in the middle of the planets like hatch. And it's like, you know, like the idea is kind of like earth is one of those, but it's kind of like, I, I, in my mind, it's kind of narrated like a David Attenborough character. It was like, here we see the distant farling mating around the native black hole or something like that. So, um, but like, in like, for example, uh, uh sunken planet that is third person it follows real but it doesn't i believe it um let me see no that one is in first person actually so yeah i lied i do a mixture but i do like writing in past tense a lot how about you cade you know varies book to
1: book paragraph to paragraph <laughs> oh no <laughs> i i don't know it's definitely an annoying thing because i do feel like sometimes i switch depending on almost like what character do i like the most it's a that's a huge flaw in my writing that i'm just when i go through an edit and i'm like oh i made this mistake again um and then i rewrite the entire chapter so i don't know though i think it, i have had stories where i've done both
0: are you doing, like, chapter by chapter you switch characters? Like, even within, like, a chapter you, like, switch from, like, person to person? Because I know, like, a lot of books will be, like, chapters, like, five, seven, and eight uh, are focused on, like, this character. So it's, like, from their perspective
1: or not, you know? Yes. Yeah, so my – the first one I wrote, which I called The Game, did take – I think I – it was very Game of Thrones inspired where I had, like, a chapter that was from the point of view of this character. Um, so I could very easily switch scenes pretty greatly if a different character was at, like, a whole different part of the world. And I did a a similar thing in my horror one, um, where different chapters are taking place from points of view of each of the different characters. I I like that style of writing, because it lets you kind of develop more characters, and I think it... I don't know if it's, like, makes it easier to develop the characters, but when you can actually look at from their point of view, I, I like that style. About to make sense. Was, yeah.
2: Um, basically all of my writing is in first person. Uh, I just feel like it's easier, I guess, to write that way. Like I wanna write things in third person. Um, and I've like tried to, but I just feel like it's just like harder to do for me. I don't know why, but um I just it's just harder. But I like doing first person because I feel like you can like describe things better or like kind of like, I feel like you can connect more with the character because like it, you can describe like how they're feeling or like, I feel like, I mean, you can do that in third person, but I feel like if you're only talking about like this one character's perspective, you can like go more in detail with that one character. So you can like really get to know that character. Uh, but yeah, so all of my writing's is like that, but I'm trying to start things that are more third person because I feel like that's, because I do like when you get more characters, like you were saying, Kate, and you can like switch between them and like get more character development that way. So that's one of my goals for this podcast is to get a story. I,
1: realized I didn't actually answer the question either. So third person is definitely where I end up being at the end. Like I'll, I might sometimes slip into first person, but I edit that out and go back to third person just because I usually have so many characters. I don't know if I've ever done one that's been very like strictly just one character. So maybe that one, the, the wish idea could be one that's very focused on just a single person. Since they'll be kind of shorter stories.
0: Yeah, and I'm realizing now, like, I was thinking about the other, like, between, like, uh, the, the Sunken Planet and, like, Blaking uh, Infinity, those are both, like, first-person stories. And I'm realizing, like, uh, I, I managed to get, like, like, two different things out of it. Like, in the, the Sunken Planet, it very much, like, helps us go along with the mystery. Because, like, the things that, like, uh, Rio doesn't know, the main character's name is, like, Rio Duvek. We learn them along with him, and like he, as he reveals them like in his memory, that's when we learn it. um uh, meanwhile, within uh the leaking infinity, um the fact that that was in first person, allows us to kind of like getting in the mindset of like this very like like grandiose like personality, basically, like as he kind of goes through like this like extravagant like experience, basically, so like his like massive revelations are like it, like he like has like a very like verbose vocabulary the way he describes it in his mind. And so like since we're in first person, like his like revelations are like just like, you know, it's not like a narrator like describing it to like some Joe Schmidt. Like he is the one who's like going through like this like spectacular event basically. So
2: Yeah, I feel like it's more fun too. Like when I'm reading my own work back to like edit it, I feel like it's like fun to be discovering things with your character. I think sometimes in third person like, I think it's easier to like foreshadow, I guess, if you're in third person, because like as the narrator, you like know everything and you're, you know, and that's how you're writing it. But yeah, I think that like when you're in first person, it's just more fun for the reader. But I mean, I guess it depends on your preference. That's just how I feel about it.
1: So I I did have some kind of short little questions of, uh you know, off the papyrus topics that we talked about. Oh, is that what we're calling it's, this
0: part now? Yeah, that's what okay. okay. it's,
1: it's been done. It's been done.
2: We should
1: get some music <laughs> off the papyrus. That's terrible. <laughs> it was gold. Okay. A lot of your short stories to Steve. I got a Steve question here. So, all, a lot of your short stories, I think, have at least in some way like a grasp on like space. And I just know personally, these are so meant to be like quick answers, I guess. I, I don't even know what you're going to say to it. But like I know personally, you have like a lot of interest in space. Would you say that that's like a big inspiration as well that you bring is just kind of that general fascination?
0: Yeah. Um, that's a very good question. Yeah. I, like, I think like a lot of like the stories that have to deal with that like, just because like, I like when I think about it, it's like very much like the whole, like, whoa, dude kind of thing. But like, when I think about, um, how much, how little we know and how we as humans have kind of like dealt with the fact we know very little like i think that's like like um like for example like i think about the fact that like humans had to like come into like a world where they were sentient and they're aware that the world was like larger than them but they didn't know like to the extent of it like how old it was or not and so when you think about it it's like kind of like terrifying so you have to kind of rationalize it so i think like when you like realize like there's like, as like our understanding of like the universe like expands, it just becomes like more and more daunting. and so, like I'm always like, I find like that like I find like yeah, like it's kind of like the idea of like like the universe is always fascinating to me, but also like how we fit within it is always fascinating, like how we kind of like rationalize our like place within it. Did you have any questions? me um let me think if I can think Julie, okay, yeah, so uh, your story is like very like your story like seems like super like like um expansive, like do you like in terms of like side characters are there like do you like have you gotten to the point where like I know like sometimes like I'll think of characters that are side characters, and I start to like them more than like the main character is that like do you have like i we've heard about the princess, but you have like side characters you're like this is like the actual cool, like the one that everyone should like love would love like when this get published or whatever,
2: oh yeah. There's like my favorite character is not the main character anymore. <laughs> That's like, she has like I, I don't want to like spoil it. I mean oh, I guess no, you don't is. have to spoil it. Um, like
0: a little teaser kind of.
2: <laughs> she has like the so, okay, so there's like the main the girl main character, and then there's, like a guy main character. But he is like not in the entire series. I won't say why. <laughs> but he's not in the entire series, and then it's like another like main guy character that comes like later and he's my favorite character because he's like more like um like he's meant to be more like darker like he's like an assassin like he's like he was an assassin and then he like is more like um not like i don't know i guess just darker is probably the best term for it like you know what i mean but yeah so i definitely think that i think some of my main characters are cooler like my side characters i'm sorry are cooler than like main character because i just get i like character development so like i'll just be like man like this type of character would be so cool as so i just like throw them in there and like they all have different powers so um you could do so many different yeah. things with the characters if you have if they have like a firepower versus like an air power like it's totally different things so yeah there's definitely tell
0: me things. if you guys agree with this i feel like it's almost like necessary to have like a, if you're, especially if you're having a world where there's a like, consequences, the side characters almost have to be cooler than the main character, because like the readers always like under the assumption, like there's like 200 pages left. There's only the main character dies under except for like some rare exceptions. But a side character, you can get attached to them and then they get in a dangerous situation. Like the chance of them, like, you know, going away is like more like felt because like they, they are in the end of the day,
1: disposable, no matter how cool they are. What do you guys think of that idea? Little, little, a uh, bit of a cop out, I think. I think you're like, let me show you what I can do with this character. But then, like at the end of the day, maybe that character's purpose in your mind was just to die and cause an emotional kind of spiral. Well, and they, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a cop out because I feel like if, like, all, I mean, yeah, it changes based on the character. yeah. Like, like
0: I'll go into like, for example, this is like, a, like when I was talking about like, characters, I have a. This is like it's. A ball of gas basically it's not formed at all but there is like this world that i have it's basically it takes place in the future on mars um and it follows this one character he's like reminiscing on his past and so he has a friend whose neighbor is like i'm like like i'm obsessed with like this character like he's called just like the insomniac basically and so i only have like two scenes involved with this character it's when like the main character first meets the insomniac um And basically, like, he's like, oh, you got to meet my neighbor. He, like, makes music. And so he comes over to this place and, like, this is the music I'm making. And the music is, like, it sounds at first, it just sounds like jazz. But if you listen to it a little bit harder, you hear, like, a secondary song kind of, like, hidden on top of the beat. And you can keep listening harder and harder to different levels. And, like, you hear, like, different depths of music. And so he's like, oh, this is actually fascinating. And there's another scene where since the two main, like, the character and his neighbor, his friend, they're kind of, like, involved with, like, I don't know exactly what, like, like, the crime scene, like, the main, like, the insomniac, he dies, and so, like, at, he dies on the night that he releases, like, this one amazing song that, since you can listen to it a million different ways, like, everyone on Mars is, like, this is, like, the greatest song ever, basically, and so, in my mind, I'm, like, you can't really do with, like, the main character, because, like, there's not, like, much depth to that, but, like, it, it could cause, for like, a beautiful scene, basically, like, so I think, like, you can make characters who are, like, designed to die as long as like the way you utilize it is kind of like impactful, you know what i
1: mean? Right. It's almost like they like they also serve as a character development for the main character in a way.
0: Yeah. I uh, like for that one I really know it's more of like it helps develop the world a little bit and like Yeah. Like, I I haven't, uh, heard of, well, I
1: haven't heard that
0: story from you before so. Yeah, cuz that's that's pretty much the extent of it. Yeah, yeah. so I, yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. Like I have like it goes back to that one thing I was talking about where like I have like for that the only thing i've written is like insomniac fine name short description of what they look like short description of what the music sounds like and then like the scene that they die i have like this whole like dialogue
1: written for that i'm like that's really good but yeah <laughs> another character that just kind of came to mind is your uh is rick victim from your D campaign oh don't talk um, about rick Victim. it was him. a fantastic character up until his very end <laughs> yeah <Wow. laughs> I, I think that you can definitely do a lot of awesome work with characters who Even when you first create them might not even Like have the idea of being anything that's gonna be as big as they end up being That's a lot of fun in writing and I think that's just one of the enjoyments of it. I I have another question for uh, So Julie, you said earlier that um Just starting in general is something that you find very challenging to do. So I thought of what is your favorite part of a story to write?
2: Okay. Yeah, I would say, I feel like the, like the, like the climax of the story is probably the best. Like I like to write like the action scenes, I guess. So yeah, I feel like the beginning of stories are just kind of boring. (laughs) So I don't really like to write them. And then, but the endings, I mean, the endings are good too. I guess anything that's like, character developing or like the plot like i like to write the plot out so i think sometimes i do a lot of dialogue and i don't do a lot of descriptions um at first and i try to put them in later and take some of the dialogue out later because i want to like get through the plot because like that's because i don't write outlines like steve was like steve does i just kind of write them so i'm just like oh i want to get down the plot before i forget about this point or whatever So yeah I like writing like the main scenes where everybody theres like, yeah, that's what we're here for this story for, you know
1: um I like um, I like when I reach a point in the story where things start to have to happen very quickly, um so maybe, like, you know, a character has to act in order to save somebody or just whatever is happening that is creating a sense of urgency, just because I think the process of writing that, for me personally, I just find a lot more enjoyable, like. The sentences just kind of seem to flow a lot better, and they get very, like, sh- a shorter sentence to, to kind of show that urgency. And I, I think I just have a lot of fun with those kind of scenes. Like, in in the game, I have the one part where um, the character Kevin is on, like, a boat with his family, and the boat, like, you know, sinks. Real Titanic inspiration. And... Like that whole chapter, I just thought was like fantastic to write. Like it, like it reads so well, and it's it's probably like my favorite part. And it's really is essentially the introduction to this character. So that's for me personally. How about you, Steve?
0: I think so. Like a lot of times, like I I'll, like like I said, like I'll have like a seed, and like writing the seed out. Like you know, for example, like like uh, sh- like on Sunken Planet, like that little blurb in the beginning. I like whenever like. So, like, whatever is the thing that kind of spawns the inspiration, I, in my mind, that's the most vivid, like, this, like, vivid scene in my head. And so, like, when I can, like, finally get that, like, described well enough on paper that it kind of matches, like, what I have in my mind, that's, like, the most exciting part. Like, for me, like, since my story structures aren't always, like, you know, like, you know, introduction, exposition, stuff like that, it's more of, like, just, like, kind of, like, explaining, like, events. Describing the events in a proper manner that I'm, like, that that looks like what i'm imagining that's like my uh the part i enjoy the most so like like i think part of the reason i don't like writing as much as like a lot of the time like i'll write something down i'm like i guess it's kind of close and i like that i have to do for now and like i don't like leaving it that way so whenever i can actually have it like this is like it conveys the emotion it conveys like the the it's descriptive enough that i think it does a good enough job that like it might not when someone reads it it might not match like what exactly is in my head but like they'll have enough detail that they can form their own like idea of what this like event looks like kind of, yeah.
1: I like that.
2: Yeah, I think that I also write like events like or like certain scenes. So like a lot of the times when I'm writing, I'll like have a certain amount written and then I'll be like, okay, well, the next thing that I like know that I want to happen, I don't want it to happen right now. So I can't put it here, but I just kind of like, you know, go to another page. Just so I have like a bunch of like scenes and then I have to like connect them all because I, like have those in mind first. And I think the in-between parts is where I kind of like it's struggle tough. more, Absolutely. but yeah, yeah. Do you really ever is. find
0: the like, like the in-between parts, like there's no good way of connecting one to another. So it, like, even though like you have like two really good scenes, the in-between parts, there's no way of like connecting them properly. They actually have to change, like either the start or the end on like much to your chagrin. Like, you know, does you ever find yourself in that situation?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I'll write a scene and they're like, well, this doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's terrible.
1: Yeah. I agree completely. Like those are, you know, you're, you're playing code names and you got three words left and you're like, these don't connect at all, but I need to make them connect.
0: Yeah. That's Um, true.
1: There's definitely a lot of situations where I've been in there just like, I want to create this, but it doesn't make sense. And uh, it's frustrating. And I guess you can always try and find a way, but Julie, you got anything off the papyrus?
2: I do. (laughs) I just can't with that title. Um, Yeah, I had a question for Steve first. Yeah. So so you were talking about how, like, sometimes when you're talking about the hive mind story, you're saying how, like, sometimes you'll write down, like, a scene, but it, like, won't be, like, what you had envisioned. So I guess my question is, like, like, how do you find that, like, Often you'll have like the same scene written like multiple different ways, or do you kind of just like
0: um oh yeah, it? so like I guess like all my stories are like just movies in my head, basically. Like, um, and so there's not like like for example, like I do like I it's kind of like I noted before, like you guys noted before, I do like describing things well enough that like people are like, Okay, I I can get what he's like describing. Um and so like for example, like for the story of Great Collapse, the actual like that one's kind of unique because like, I don't actually have, like, a start start to that story. I just have, like, the idea of, like, like there's, like, a mass of, like, sentient species, like, looking through, like, this, like, giant, like, observatory, like, in this, like, floating spaceship, like, floating space station, like, is currently hovering around the planet of Collapsule while they're, like, discussing, like, this, like, ever-increasing, like, logic problem in front of them. And so I'm, like, okay, that's what the scene is. But, like, I have to, like, build up to the fact that, like, okay, there's this council and they discuss, like matters pertaining to like how are they going to govern as like a united uh front basically and then i have to build a scene where like it becomes more and more apparent what the actual problem in front of them is but like as i'm doing this i'm like well if it's different aliens i should describe the aliens so people can imagine that but then it's kind of like now now what i'm saying like maybe i don't have to maybe i can just be like you know also like sci-fi when you're introducing alien species i feel like it's very hard to like give it an air of like like, seriousness, because, like, you're, like, oh, the Corvatsons of Gorbaton 3 with their three gastropods, and you're, like, you know, like, you're, like, it's very hard to buy that line. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, like, maybe you could just, like, kind of keep it, like, I'm thinking maybe I could keep it somewhat grounded. Um, I think I do want to go back to, like, Great Collapse, because I think the story itself is interesting, but, like, I think once I got into it, I could describe, like, I could they, like be slowly unfolding of like, there's this planet. Oh, it's a hive mind. We've seen hive minds before. Well, it's an odd hive mind where it doesn't seem to be aggressive. All the species seem to be in cooperation. I don't see what that's the problem. That like kind of like building of it as like, at the same time, they're floating around this planet and they're looking like, cause in my mind, it's just like met, like it's in this giant hall basically. And on the other side of the, like one, it's kind of like U shaped giant window slowly planning so constantly they're looking at this planet they're like i don't care what the big deal is as each time they look at it they're struck with more and more horror and they're kind of like at the end they're like what do we what's our options basically they're kind of looking at inevitability at the end of it basically and how do i kind of create that sense of like you know it's like you know in my mind i'm like it it plays out like properly like but how do i actually like convey that even right now i'm kind of struggling with like saying like this is what the scene is basically there's one person who already has like grasped the situation and has to like bring it to the rest of like his other council members but he's kind of like going about it in a way that they can understand like you can't just be like you know this plan was to like become like like ro- robots basically but if they do they're going to because you know like it's a thing that's kind of be like explained out properly but um you know it's a problem that i have it's just like how do i do that in words basically it's all right, that's all right we' we'll get yeah to- we'll work on that, yeah right. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so i I think a I got a- questions, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,, I have none either i I didn't have one for you, kid. I apologize my- my papyrus is very blank <laughs>
2: Papyrus. <laughs> I just had like a note for one of kids, um, it's not really a question, but I was just thinking when you were talking about like the superhero story, um. I just like, it reminds me of like your main character seems kind of like a, like an antihero type thing where they're like a vigilante of like justice where they're just kind of like doing things like, but like not in the law and everybody else is like, what? <laughs> Like why would you do it that way? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah so my, my main character is, um, the, I, he, the Red Hand is his superhero name. And he basically gets like gifted superpowers. He starts off as just like a very like normal individual, gets gifted super uh, superpower. And the way it works is if he is exposed to like basically blood that he has caused, his power like grows, and he's like essentially like a flash, like the Flash type character. Um, so like super fast, and like I guess the Flash meets like One Punch Man kind of thing. Um so at first his thing is he like gets gifted the superpower. He like is stronger, but he's like really not anything like super like significant. And his thing is he'll like catch somebody and he's like his thing is like, I caught you red handed, you know, like real like quirky, real stupid. But then like at the end of his intro, he like ends up accidentally killing somebody and his hands are like soaked in the blood of somebody that he caused, so he has the red hands at the end of it. So that's my main character idea. Um, and it's definitely not like, uh, you know, Marvel, the Avengers kind of superhero. It's more of a, like the boys, which I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's like I have
0: not, it's on the list.
1: It's, it's, it's also very good. And it's, you know, if you have a superpower, you are a very fucked up person and that's kind of the story that it says. So like, it's a superhero story, but they're not heroes. They're definitely more of an antihero.
0: Very much like a Watchmen situation,
1: kind of. Exactly, exactly.
0: It's not, this isn't actually how the show works, but it's the way I always watch it. Um, uh, It's like Fist of the North Star. Um, I love the show, but like watching it like nowadays is kind of like funny because like the point of the show is like there's this guy, he knows like this like secret like martial art technique where he can like touch people's pressure points and like they'll blow up. And the show plays it very straight. But like whenever I watch it, I'm like, this dude's a monster, and people are like cheering because it takes place in the end of the world. So, there'll be like all these gangs led by like these strong, big dudes, and they'll come up to a village and like give us half your water. And then, like, Ken, sh- Ken will show up and he'll be like, What happened to all your water? Oh, you know, uh, Ochi sama came and he took all of our water. So, he'll go to them, and like, he won't fight the dude directly, but he'll like go for all the grunts first. So, it'll be like Some dude who got recruited because he was, like, a child slave, and now he just works for Ocho-sama. And Ken will come up. He'll touch him in the forehead. His head will go, like, in three directions. He'll blow up, and everyone's like, yeah, Ken, go get him. I'm like, that's terrifying. He's, like, blowing people up by, like, touching the... So I'm always, like... It kind of reminds me of that where I'm like... Yeah, like, in their universe, this dude's just, like... He's, like, the greatest guy ever, but I'm like... If I saw that, I'd be like, that man just... Like, he'll, like... Touch someone on the nipple, and like their spine will break to the point where their head is going up their own butt, and you're like, "Oh, hello, that's so gratuitous, dude! Like, what did he do?" So, kind of reminds me of something like that. <laughs>
1: no, I think that's a very good comparison. Yeah. What are we talking about next time? Oh, All right,
2: question. next time on the Right Around Podcast, <laughs> oh, we're gonna talk
1: about
2: uh we're gonna talk about character development we're just gonna talk about you know kate and i's favorite subject <laughs> uh yeah how we get started how we get our characters going hmm. so let to talk about there. it's gonna be a good yeah. episode
1: i feel like i could hardly contain it this episode
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know i know i just wanted to talk about the characters so a bad
1: lot of through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah but that sounds like fun but for now thank you for joining us this has been the writer on podcast